0: I get up and everyone leaves, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, church. Oh, my Lord, it's quiet in here this morning. (laughs) I think it's it's because the Spirit of God is hovering. I'm doing something. Would you agree? I Hmm. I hope you agree. Welcome to... Anybody that's here for the first time, um, it's great to to have you with us and um, we hope it won't be your last time. Um, And so, I don't know how your week's been and and where you're up to, I I, I would suspect just, I I just just sat there this morning and um, and just praising God and worshipping God that I, I just felt that in my heart that people... Um, in our church are going through things at the moment Um, that there possibly isn't a liberty and freedom as I think I uh, pertain to and you don't feel like worshipping God you don't feel as if God's on your side you don't feel as if the circumstances of your life are changing and turning round for your good and I, I don't know what area of um, of your life that could be but I just sense that, uh, that, that, that that's happening but I also sense as well that that, that God is working it out for you. Yeah. That God has is, is already seen your circumstance and he's already seen your difficulties and he's already spoken that he's going to sort it out. Yeah. He's going to deal with it and he's going to work through you And he's going to teach you some valuable lessons in that to be able to get to the other side as it were and i don't know what your week's been like but my week's not been the best um i had a phone call on friday afternoon from my wife who was um just finished work and to to tell me well she was actually in of tears to tell me that her mother um who's in a a nursing home in Saddleworth um had been given 48 hours to live and so she was rushing off up to saddleworth to be with her mother and to join with her brothers and sisters um, and to spend the last hours with her mother Um, and so uh, and that's where she is now um, uh, as far as i know i've got my phone there she's hanging on uh, mum um, but it's likely that in the next 12 to 24 hours that she will go uh, and be with the Lord. And so I had time on Friday evening, and all day Saturday I thought, well, what shall I do with myself? And I just decided that it uh, it would be good to, without trying to sound too spiritual here, folks, but it would be good to spend time in the presence of God. And so on Friday evening and Saturday, all day yesterday, and on Friday evening... I just got uh, the iPad out and I started worshipping God and praising God. You want to try it for eight or nine hours. And, um, and in the midst of all these difficulties and, and waiting for this phone call to say that Nan had passed away and, um, and, and my, tr- my two children who were extremely close to Nan, I was just waiting for that call and I was still waiting for that call, I just needed Christ. I just needed to know the presence of God. And so that's what I did. And yesterday I knew the presence of God in a new and revelationary way to my own heart which fed my soul and it lifted me. And so that's what I want to speak to you today about is the presence of God. The presence of God is, uh, is something which to each one of us You may have different revelations of the presence of God. God, of course, is here now, is with us. God is with us, he's in his church. Um, But God wants you to know his presence, to know how his presence is, is in you and how you can rise in his presence so that... The natural things, which to most people in the world would be a concern and a distraction and a grief, actually swings into something beautiful. So that when you're going through hard times in life, that you have this anchor for your soul, which is joyful, believe it or not. You have this anchor for your soul which says when your mother-in-law is just about to pass into glory, praise God! And you have this anchor for your soul that when you're going to have to deal with your wife and your children very shortly, that you've got something inside you which can pour into them Something which is godly and wise and discerning rather than something which is worldly and makes it even worse. And so, I brought with me today some props. And I want you to look at the Ark of the Covenant from the Old Testament. The Ark of the Covenant... Uh, where's my ark oh he's here here's my ark here now forgive this what this ark it's um it's cardboard but the ark of the covenant um wasn't cardboard it was wood and it was overlaid with gold and it had two cherubim which faced each other and inside the ark were placed three items and i want to go through those three items this morning you see, the ark, in the, in the days of the, the Israelites, after they come out of Egypt, it represented the presence of God. So this is, you could say, the presence of God. Okay, that cardboard. It's the presence of God. All right, and, and the reason, well, we'll go through the reasons why these things were put into the ark, but generally speaking, it was because the Israelites... Didn't know how to keep God's commands, or if they did know, they weren't willing to. As you know, God gave them commands, and actually quite simple commands. And a whole nation, as a rule of thumb, couldn't keep them. And so, what God did is He, he instructed, I think it was Moses, to, to build this ark. And so he, he built this ark, well not in personally, but he built this ark and he put these three items into the ark. The ark representing the presence of God. And so we see the first thing that went into the ark. All right, it's not a stone tablet. But let's just envisage that this is a stone tablet, okay? And we know that God wrote on the tablets the Ten Commandments. And actually, there were two stone tablets because the first one was shattered into pieces. Why? Because the Israelites continued to to be not able to keep God's commands. And so, therefore, it happened again. Twice, God wrote on the stone tablets, and the tablets went into the ark. Let's have a look at that, shall we, in Scripture. If we turn to Exodus. Exodus we're going to be turning to, is it? Chapter 20, I'm going to read. We've got it up there, guys. I'm just going to read about the Ten Commandments. Just to give us some context, about the three items that went into the ark. But you know something? There's great news coming. There's some really good news coming, I can promise you. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above, or on earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name remember the sabbath day by keeping it holy wow six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a sabbath to the lord your god and then we'll move on to the next verse this is one of my favorite verses of scripture i often used to and still do i often used to teach this verse to my children Because it's vitally important, especially for parents in the house, that their children should honour their father and mother. Honour your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land that your God is giving you. You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor you shall not cover covet your neighbor's house you shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor the 10 commandments that God gave I wonder how we measure up to those 10 commandments If I was to go through every single one of them, I wonder how many of them I have broken and how many of them I've kept. Let me just see. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. I reckon at least five of them in my lifetime I've broken. But I worship a God who sent his son to Calvary to forgive me of my sins, to forgive me of my filthy rags, and my unrighteousness, and my foolishness and wickedness. Praise God for the new covenant. I said praise God for the new covenants. I said praise God for the new covenants. And so the second thing which went into the Ark of the Covenant for the Israelites to remember. I had to get a big box. You'll soon find out why. Well, these aren't big. Can everybody see them? Thank you Emma St. House, I nicked them on Friday. (laughs) It's the jars of manna. So in there is bread, or wafers as they were. So they went in to the ark. And this was so that the Israelites would remember that when they grumbled in the desert, are you grumbling today? Are you? Did somebody say, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might silently say you're grumbling. Or you may openly say that you're grumbling. But are you grumbling today? Look, a whole nation grumbled here. A whole nation. And So I don't think that any of us in here can ever say that we have never grumbled in our lives or moaned and complained. Gosh, these people, this nation, had been taken out of Egypt with an outstretched hand Gone through the sea that had been held back for them, and and still they grumbled. Okay, we, we we saw that and that was fantastic, but actually we'll go back to grumbling because we've seen that miracle, we've had that miracle. But hey, where's the bread? How are we going to eat? The faith went missing. Have you ever had a situation in your life where either you've been healed of something, but when that's happened? you've forgotten about it and you've not, you've not kept it to you, in your heart and you've moved on to the next thing and you're not getting the answers in the next thing so you've forgotten about that healing there. Well, that's what the Israelites did. I mean, come on church, can you imagine seeing the waters being held back? I mean, that would be a fearsome stuff. Imagine if you went to the, to the River Merzhi, Bridge foot and all the waters were held back. You'd be fearful of that, wouldn't you? And then all the Israelites travelled through and just as they travelled through, God shut the waters down. If, I'm, sure that, I'm sure they must have gone, wow, oh wow, that, that's God. God has done that for us. Amazing. And then not long after, oh we're grumbling. Where's the, where's the water? Where's the bread? Where's the, where's the meat? Moses, why we might as well stay where we were. And yet God in his grace and his full knowledge he sent the manna and he sent the meat so that the Israelites could eat. So let's have a look at that. In Exodus 16 a bit further forward. Then the Lord said to Moses I will rain down bread from heaven for you the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day in this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions on the sixth day they are to gather they are to prepare what they bring in and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And where they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. in a season called from freedom to stress stress to freedom (laughs) now for those listening on podcast (laughs) sorry barry and vicky (laughs) i've just took your church (laughs) from freedom to stress Let's rewind and go back, shall we? <laughs> Amen. Thank you, church, for being understanding of my, my tiredness. Okay, so the third item stress to freedom. I go back to that. But in all seriousness, for me, the only thing I, I know. That takes me from stress to freedom is the presence of God. That's the only thing I know. You see, the thing about the presence of God is that it covers everything, there's nothing that's left out. So, whether it's addiction, whether it's mental health issues, whether it's sickness, whether it's salvation, it's all covered. By the presence of God. And I'll go to that in a little while. And the last thing that went in, and this is why this box is so big, I'm sure you all know now. This is uh, Aaron's staff, or Aaron's staff. (laughs) It's actually my walking stick. But Aaron's staff went in as well. And the reason that Aaron's staff went in was this. If we turn to... Numbers, chapter 17, 1 to 10. Numbers 17, 1 to 10. So the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and get twelve staff from them, one from the leader of each of their ancestral tribes. Write the name of each man on his staff. On the staff of Levi write Aaron's name, for there must be one staff for the head of each ancestral tribe. Place them in the tent of the meeting, in front of the ark of the covenant law, where I meet with you. The staff belonging to the man I choose will sprout, and I will rid myself of this constant grumbling against you by the israelites so moses spoke to the israelites and their leaders and their leaders gave him 12 staffs one for the leader of each of the ancestral tribes and aaron's staff was amongst them moses placed the staff before the lord in the tent of the covenant law the next day Moses entered the tent and saw that Aaron's Aaron, Aaron, I can't get it right, can I? Staff, which represented the tribe of Levi, had not only sprouted, but had budded, blossomed, and produced almonds. Then Moses brought out all the staffs from the Lord's presence to all the Israelites. They looked at them, and each of the leaders took back his own staff. Then the Lord, Lord said to Moses, put Aaron's staff in front of the Ark of the Covenant law to be kept as a sign to the rebellious. This will put an end to their grumbling against me so that we will not, they will not die. Moses did just as the Lord had commanded him. The Israelites said to Moses, we shall die. We are lost. We are all lost. Now, we could spend a lot of time preaching from those three scriptures alone regarding the the stone tablets, the manna, and Aaron's staff. And you'll notice with Aaron's staff that the reason that God told Moses to do this is because the Israelites were grumbling again And moaning, again, about the leaders. So my question to you would be, do you find yourself moaning and grumbling about your leaders? Because if you do, and I have, I want to ask you to turn that thinking and to honour your leaders, to pray for your leaders, to uphold your leaders, because your leaders are not perfect just like you. And there will be things in church life that we agree with and we don't agree with. That's not God's heart, but that's man. Because Jesus said he knew what was in man. God wants his body and his people to be in sync. So that the people, i.e. the congregation, support the leaders in the vision and the drive and the determination to work out that vision because then it is for your good let me tell you our leaders who we've just been listening to our pastors uh, are away on holiday but actually for half of that holiday they're not actually on holiday for half of that holiday they are planning for the future For half of that holiday, they are praying over you and me. And so church, I will just commend them to you. I will commend the leadership team to you because I'm sure at some point in the future as the church grows, the leadership team will grow as well. And I commend them to you for your, and not just because I'm on the leadership team, I need prayer 24-7, guys. <laughs> you ask my wife. But because that is scriptural. Yeah. And so I, I just commend them to you. Fat Io, Barry Vicky, I commend them to you. We've got a baby coming very soon. Seems to be the longest wait for a baby I've ever known, this, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. Pray for them. Pray for them. There are things that go on in church life, that, in, in leadership, that can sometimes be challenging and difficult. Things that you won't know about. But pastorally, they can be difficult. And challenging. But we are relying on your support. We're relying on your prayers. We're relying on our brothers and sisters. So don't be like the Israelites who grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They were constant moaners, these Israelite people. Let hope church people be constant people who praise and lift up and help and have a desire to look after each other. Who are we looking after in the church? Whose doors are we knocking on? And saying, are you okay? Can we help you? Is there somebody who used to come to our church, but is in a position at this moment in time where they want to come to church, but maybe they're so ashamed because they've done something. Well, maybe it's time for us as a church to keep knocking on their doors and saying, we are not giving up on you. We won't give up on you. Because God won't give up on you. And so therefore, the three items went into the ark and it travelled around from place to place. And the interesting thing about the ark was that there wasn't many people who could carry the ark. There wasn't even many people who could look at the ark, never mind carry it. And it went from place to place and it was put into the, the tent of the meeting which it was called in them days which basically was a tent. And um, it, was, it was put in there. But then later on in, in the Old Testament we have some good news. In Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-one, it says this. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. What does that mean? It means that the presence of God no longer has to be in the ark. You see, for thousands of years, the presence of God was in the ark and was only on people that God anointed, very few people received the presence of God. The rest of them had to go through the through men to get their sins atoned for, forgiven. And as you know, there was all kinds of goats and bulls and sheep and all these kind of things that had to be slaughtered As a sacrifice to cover the sins of a whole nation. There was only a few, relatively few people that were anointed with the Holy Spirit. Wow. That must have been hard for the Israelites in them days. That must have been difficult for those that weren't anointed. That were just living their life out in the natural That they had to go through somebody else, and yet we see a time was coming, a time was coming. time was coming in hebrews 8 it starts to talk about a new covenant a new agreement the days are coming declares the lord when i will make a new covenant when the people of israel with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the first covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbours or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Hallelujah. You see, this is the new covenant which says, hey, Hope Church people, you should be grateful that you weren't living in the old days, in the days of the old covenant. You should be grateful that you're living in new covenant covenant days I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts I will be their God and they will be my people and so how does this happen then how can you go from having the presence of God in a box how can you go to something else to a new and living covenant the answer is dead simple brothers and sisters extremely simple it's the cross it's the cross of jesus christ it's the blood that he shed that's the answer the cross and the blood you see what happened is that God saw that people could not in any way, shape or form save themselves from sinning because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So he sent his son Jesus to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And when he died on that cross and when he shed his blood, what it meant was that that we could be cleansed and we could be healed and made whole because of the blood that Jesus shed. And so what happens then is that, I oh, will come up, my friend. What happens then is that we no longer, although we read about it, we no longer have to put up with the presence of God in an ark which is moving from place to place where the people have to go and see somebody to be able to be prayed with and to be forgiven. We no longer have to put up with that because of the blood of Jesus, because of the light of life who has shown mercy to me and to you. The presence is no longer in the box. The presence is in the man. And this is the man. The presence is in him. It's no longer in the box. It's in him. And so what happens is the Holy Spirit comes and convicts. And he comes and he says, i tell you what, Tony. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Your sins and your filthiness, I'm going to wipe them clean. In the old days, you'd have to go to somebody else. We'd have to slaughter a lamb. But now, I'm going to wipe your sins clean. I've already done it at the cross. And I'm going to put you... My spirit... In you, and I'm going to make you the one who carries me around with me for the rest of your days. Amen. Isn't, Amen. That Amen. Amen. Isn't that something good? Isn't that something good? Hallelujah. And so, what you get is a man who smiles <laughs> like that, and what happens from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Christ has come in with his Holy Spirit. He's washed him, he's cleansed him, and he's filled him from the top all the way down to the bottom with his Holy Spirit. And now he's the new creation. We have a new creation. No longer do we have the box. You don't want to stay in the box. You want to get into his soul and his spirit and his mind and his body. And you want to be filled so you no longer have to deal with the box. The box is rubbish, it's gone. You don't need the box you need the presence of God yeah. Amen. and I need the presence of God yeah. and in this place today there are many people who need the presence of God and I'm not pointing my fingers at you I'm pointing my fingers to say this is the finger of God pointing to you to say you need the presence of God you need me you cannot do without me you need to be a new creation no longer in condemnation, thanks I. Hope. The scriptures say this in Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come for the old has gone and the new is here. Are you old? or are you new? Old? New. Am I old? Or am I new? Old, new. Old, new. You've got to choose. I can't choose for you. I'm not going to read this portion of Scripture now. We don't have time. I've got f- 15 seconds left. But I'm going to say this. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 to 10, it talks about this. It talks about the Ark of the Covenant. And it talks about the fact that the worshippers, the worshippers, they cannot have their conscience cleansed by the Ark. It can't be done. The worshippers could only have their consciences cleansed by the infiltration of the presence and the power of God. That is the only way. And that is why I say to you that for me, the only way I know that you can go from stress to freedom is by being in the presence of the living God. There is no other name There is no other way. Now I know, church, I know this day because I sensed it when I was worshipping God there was a quietness over God's house today. But I also know in the quietness over God's house the presence of God was hovering. I also know That the best thing in all creation, all creation, is the presence of God. There is nothing like the presence of God either in this room or inside of me or inside of you. There is nothing like it. The presence of God brings peace. It brings stillness. It brings wholeness it brings healing it brings salvation it brings anointing it brings purpose it brings revelation it brings whatever 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 it brings and we're just going to worship god for a few moments and i want us to give us time at the end to respond to the presence of god and if you feel today that you don't know the presence of god that you're still living in the old box and you still feel you have to make sacrifices every now and then to please god no 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 he's paid the ultimate sacrifice so you don't have to We're going to have a time of just dwelling and abiding in God's presence. And if you don't know that today, we're going to give you opportunity to do so. Lorraine's mum, at some point in the next day or two, will go to glory. There's nothing more guaranteed that we are going to die. Do you want to die as somebody who hasn't made their peace with God, who hasn't known the presence of God? Or do you want to, when it's our time to go, go knowing that you've met with Jesus, that you've known his presence, that fire of God, that passion inside, that rises up and causes us to be what God wants us to be his purposes. Are you the kind of person, and I often think this to myself, wow, I wish if I'd have done this this way or if I hadn't have done that, maybe God's purposes and plans for my life would have been already at work by now and I've missed out on something. And that may be the case. But God's plans and purposes for your life and my life have never changed. He knows what he wants to do in and through you and he still wants to do it if you'll just let him so let's just dwell in god's presence let's worship and then uh, we'll have a time of reflection and a time of response in jesus name amen